Welcome to Popyak. I'm Momo, and it's Anime Weekend. Time to talk about Pluto. If you don't know what Pluto is, it's a, it's an anime that comes along once in a while that makes you actually sit down and think and makes you feel, and I'm here for that. And it's very obviously made for adults. It, it's giving Ghost in a Shell. It's set in the world of Astro Boy. So I set an alert in my calendar, and if you know me, you know that I don't typically use the calendar app on my iPhone because I think it's terrible. And I know what you're thinking. Why don't you just get a new app? Honestly, I honestly don't know uh, any good ones. So tell me what's your favorite calendar app at audio underscore D-E-E at Twitter, MomoYaks on Blue Sky, and Audio D, all one word, on Tumblr. Uh, Let me know what your favorite calendar app is. I actually use that function. Because I needed to know. I was like, hopefully this works. Because it usually doesn't. I only watched maybe one or two episodes of the original Astro Boy. But what I saw had like tugged on my heart. That was really down in the dumps. And I decided I needed to cheer up. So let's watch an old anime. You know, it's like comfort food. When, I, when I'm down in the dumps, comfort food TV seems to always help. Like, put on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from the 1980s. And you will feel instantly cured. You're, you will be healed. 20 HP for a millennial if you just put on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in the background. Don't even think about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles when you put it on. Do it and then thank me later. Uh, another another comfort food show is Gem. Gem is uh, excitement. Uh, she's also outrageous from what I hear. And Astro Boy is a, another one that I decided. This anime is so old. It can't possibly harm you. <laughs> there can't possibly be anything traumatic in it. Which is why, even though I want to rewatch Jujutsu Kaisen and give it another chance, I am nervous because I heard that it gets traumatizing. So I'm like, mm, don't think I will get that invested. But my husband wants to watch it, so I will watch it. Anyway, I digress. Three tangents ago, I was saying that I watched this show. Oh yeah, Astro Boy. Robots. Let's go. Tell me more, tell me more, tell me more. It wasn't love at first sight. And then I also thought, Astro Boy, in 2023, entirely localized within your kitchen. But if you already know what the show is about, let's just talk about Pluto. So the show starts with a robot. This is a robot that looks like a human or an android. I'm going to use the terminology probably incorrectly, but better than Dragon Ball did when I say the humans that look like robots that look like humans are androids and humans who are like souped up with robot parts are cyborgs so just so we get that straight how i'm going to be using this uh, terminology going forward so this android is a cop and i thought he was human at first and he's talking to his wife and he's saying he's gonna oh when i get back from this we can go on a trip and immediately i was like oh no that's a death flag already we got a death flag for a uh, android in episode one immediately we kind of don't really see him in much danger because he seems to be pretty badass as a as a detective and he seems to have already thought of any way you'd fuck with him and has prepared a, uh, accordingly for that and it seems that that's because he's a newer android that was recently built that has very human features we see all the other robots that we see are very robotic looking they look like you know they belong in um, Stray, if you ever played that game, with the cat who who meets all the robot people. And these robots have, like, lives, right? They have homes, they have apartments, they have wives. And I thought that was interesting, that the robots are allowed to kind of live like humans live. You know, like, think about it. Like, a robot doesn't need an apartment. 
But I guess these robots have these rights and freedoms, and that's pretty cool. Robots also have jobs, which it looks like they use the money from those jobs to pay for apartments. And I guess if you're a robot, you want a good, nice, uh, big place to keep all your stuff. I guess if you like stuff. And also, if you're a robot, you need a nice place to charge at night, so why the fuck not, right? Like, before we find out, or before I figured out that the German cop was an android, before they tell us, he's, like, living with his wife, and you just think that this is a person who is living with his wife. And I just thought that later on, when I was like, oh, these robots have houses? That's weird. And then I thought back to the German cop, and I was like, well, he has a house. Why is he allowed to have an apartment? And I think that it's strange that the other robots have apartments. Well, because I thought he was human, and he lives with a human wife. I thought that because he looked human, that he had to give off the impression that he was human. So he lives in a house. He lives in an apartment, for instance. And you kind of, this is one of those shows where it's like, what is humanity? Right? Like, what makes you human? And I think we're going to definitely dive into that as the show goes on. Like, if it just because it's a robot does not not mean that their life was worth living, or does that not mean that they're not allowed to be mourned when they die? Like, there was a robot in this show uh, who was a great robot hero. He's a very old school Astro Boy type looking robot. And he apparently was a great hero, and he retired to kind of be the guardian for for uh, for the Alps. And everybody loves him. And when he gets destroyed, he's mourned like a human is mourned. You know, you can kind of rebuild him, I suppose. But would he want that? When he died, he had wishes about like how he wanted to be memorialized. That's pretty impressive for a robot. Um, it's clear that the robots have more sophisticated minds than your typical Roomba does especially we get that especially in the second and the b part of this show which started to really pick up the a plot was like okay there's murders happening here's this detective that's trying to figure it out robot murders and you know it's the isaac asimov laws right like no robot can harm a human so it's strange that there is a robot that has harmed a human probably not great for robot relations right it it like sets the robot uh equality acts back like 10 generations when you do shit like this it's like no we were so close but uh there was a robot that we get to go see that was like a criminal who killed without remorse and we got to see our cop go and talk to him and get information like oh you know pluto had horns and i'm just gonna guess the robot just kind of guessed that what he's the person he's looking for is named pluto because of the horns on the victims and they don't really remind me of horns they kind of just look like an altar to something but i guess if you look at it the right way yeah it does look like these heads that are removed it could have been more gruesome there could have been just straight up horns sticking out of these skulls but they were like no let's uh go the symbolistic route i don't know i think you should have went more hardcore but we learned that robots have feelings later on when uh we learn we meet north two North number two, and then his, like, chromogeny stink meaner ass uh, composer that he is set to be the butler of. This robot's been, like, decommissioned from war and is now a butler. And this, bu- chat, this like, rubs the shit out of this chromogen the old way, the wrong way. We're gonna call him stink meaner, because that's what he reminds me of from the boondocks. And this stink meaner motherfucker is, like, a bitter, grumpy asshole who had a really bad upbringing, and he kind of let that change him into this shitty old man who is bitter because oh you know my mom abandoned me so now i have these abandonment issues i'm blind and that fucking sucks 
but instead of getting artificial eyes so that I can see, I'm like, fuck that, fuck robots. Could a robot write a symphony? He tries, the ro- North 2 uh, takes an interest in the piano and the song that the curmudgeon is trying to play. This guy is like, oh, it's from my childhood. It just kind of, this song kind of gives me nostalgia, right, for the homeland that I'm from. And the robot tries to help him. That's all the robot wants to do, help him and learn how to play piano himself. He's very Will Smith about this, very forceful about his Will Smith opinions. And uh, North 2 keeps trying. This is the one thing about North 2 that I don't understand. He's a robot. You think he'd obey orders, especially a military robot, but he keeps disobeying the guy just because he's like, look, you need this more than I do, I think. Kind of breaks this old man's walls down and he opens them up. And this whole thing is beautiful. It's really well done. It's fantastically well written. You really feel for North number two. And also North number two wears a cloak all the time. So you don't see all his weapons, which is important uh, because he, there's no more war, right? Kromoji keeps asking him like, you're a, you're a motherfucker. You killed like tons of your own kind. Little does he know uh, robots don't dream of electric sheep. They dream of murdering other robots. And it was fucked up. Like I really felt bad for North two freaks out in his sleep. Just like the old man does, you know, they have stuff in common. The robot's like, hey, look, man, teach me how to play. And eventually they get to a breaking point where the robot is just not fucking listening, even though listening is what robots like are built to do. And uh, the old man's like, you know what? Fuck it. You're going back to the to the agency. And I'm like, a part of me is like, that's fucked up. He just wants to learn piano. And another part of me is like, yeah, he does not want to listen to you. I get why you'd want to send him back. But you are an old man who probably needs this type of friendship uh if you just have another person you can just roll over it's probably not gonna help you in the long run you need a friend their friendship eventually blooms over this song that he keeps singing his sleep that apparently used to be like a lullaby or something that his mom used to sing to him and that's the ending of his song he he's writing this song that he knows that he's heard before and it's the song his mom told him and then north number two did some research he went on wikipedia and found out that this guy's mom actually didn't abandon him but did what she did to afford the care for him and it's like damn she did that from the outside and kind of took the bullet so that even though you probably blamed her for everything and she probably knew that she about her rumors and her reputation but she still did what she had to do to take care of her son and that's admirable uh she died and that sucks. This composer did definitely, uh, I think he bought his stepdad's house, if I remember right, or like his mom had inheritance or something, and she had that house, and he bought it, and he's like, ah, it's mine now. Fuck the police. So, you know, I really like this to see both characters of North Number 2 and Stinkmeaner open up to each other, and everything was great, and they were learning piano together, and until... Oh no, the person or thing that destroyed that human and gave him the horns and destroyed our Alps robot and gave him the horns is coming for North number two, who has a reputation. If you know where he was sent, you know how to find him. So he was easily findable. And there was, there was this epic fight in the sky where you know North number two is not going to come back. And you get to see all of his weapons. And it's a cool scene, but it's heart-wrenching at the same time. This story was so well written that it had my heart just on the floor. And they gave me feelings for characters I didn't think I'd ever have feelings for. Because I was like, fuck Stinkmeaner. He's a piece of shit. And then at the end of this, I actually, my heart was breaking for him. It's like, you finally made a friend, finally, through thick and thin, through all this bullshit. 
and it took a while for you guys to actually get to know each other, and they just take that away from you, bro? God, what do you do after that? How do you live after that? You can't just go get a new robot from the from the robot store. You got to get a human after that. It's like, and hope that he listens, you know? You close off your heart again. But maybe the robot has opened his heart for good, and he is going to take those feelings that North Number 2 gave him and put them toward other people. Like, he doesn't have to be a bitter old asshole anymore, you know? There, His heart is still... His heart still beats, uh, for how long, uh, without his robot companion, I don't know, because after that shit, I'd, I'd personally just simply pass away, I'd die of a broken heart if this happened to me, uh, I was dying of a broken heart watching it, so I could imagine how Stinkmeaner feels, but this North Number 2 story grabbed me by the heartstrings and pulled me deep into this show, episode 1, I was hooked, the, the information with the, the story with the robot was interesting, and I probably would have watched another few episodes with him, just with him, but it wasn't, his story didn't really pick up until the end. They're mostly kind of world building, and that's fine. I think episode one being an hour long was a good idea, was a good choice. And telling that B story was, in the first episode, was a brilliant idea. Because it got me. I am got. And the, the Ghost in a Shell kind of robot story was good. But now it's even better. And uh, they're going to introduce the little boy soon, which is like, oh man, they're going to introduce more elements that'll make you fucking cry, so, uh, this, this show is going to get you, definitely watch it if you haven't watched it, definitely pick it up, another thing that I've been watching, and we're going to move on to the next thing, and that is One Piece, I've been watching One Piece, I finished the first arc, which was very similar to the, to the live action show that I'm watching also, uh, and then I finished the Orange Town arc, where we meet Buggy the Clown, this arc is dramatically different from the episode that it's kind of condensed into because it's condensed you couldn't really have these small side stories like there's a side story with a puppy who uh his master died so he like watches the store and that puppy comes in clutch later but you didn't really need that story the way they did this did did it here i like the way they summed it up a little bit better in the live action even though i like the i like the fact that we get more of the story with the animated version we get to find out about buggy's backstory with shanks and why he hates shanks it's a funny reason he was pretending to not eat a gum gum fruit because he wants to dive underwater and get a buried uh buried treasure there but he had gum gum fruit and gum gum fruits fuck up your body and make you heavy and, and turn you into an anchor and you can't swim uh not gum gum sorry devil fruits <laughs> i just generalized all of them every fruit's a gum gum fruit now he uh buggy has the parts parts fruit which is interesting, so each one is named like that, which is cute, uh, they all kind of look the same in the show, because the fruit that he eats, that Buggy eats, definitely looks like the fruit that Luffy eats, there's a, there, there's the Beast Tamer we see in the episode, we don't see him with a giant lion in the show, uh, understandably, uh, you don't want to kind of expose yourself by having to create an entire CG giant lion, uh, you don't want to expose the limits of your CGI, so I get why you don't have that character, but you did you did have that character, you just didn't have uh, Richie the Lion, that, because I did see the character with that hair as part of Buggy's crew, and I was like, look at that fucker's hair, he was more of a background character than a foreground character, and that's fine, I think they did a good job condensing this and changing up the story to make it fit in an episode, um, this was a little bit more streamlined with the fact that Buggy had a captive audience of the entire people in the town, including the mayor, we don't get the brave mayor story or the brave town story, this this place is destroyed. This is post buggy ball society that we live in in uh the Orange Town arc when we 
get to it in the live action show. Um, like I said, I like that we get more in the animated show, but I like that we get the gist in the live action and that it's a good way to condense it, I think. Um, normally I like when the sh- when shows and stuff stick very close to the source material, and this, I think, did that without compromising streamlining of the episode. So I thought that was good. They did, definitely did a great job of adapting this for a live action. Luffy, my husband seems to like Luffy more in the animated version than in the live action version. Because in the live action version, Luffy just kind of seems a little stupid and naive. But in the show, in the cartoon, he seems like he's a lot more clever than he lets on. And that, uh, yeah, he does stupid stuff and he, he's not, uh, he's very impulsive. But he seems less stupid. Which I like in the live action. Also, he's a little shit in the live action. He's a little shit in the cartoon. Where in the show, he's more earnest and friendly and honest. Like, I don't believe Luffy could tell a lie in the live action one. But in the animated one, I think that all Luffy does is lie. (laughs) He tells the truth sometimes. Like, when you talk about Shanks or his backstory about being a pirate. But he will lie to get what he wants. And he has lied several times. Great effect in the cartoon. Nah, I love Nami in both the live action and in the cartoon. I think they did a great job of getting that character done really well. Um, Only we know she's up to something a little early in the show, in the live action. And she hasn't really had any clues. I mean, we just met her. That she's up to anything in the new one. I think in the next arc, we're going to definitely get more uh, Nami. And that's good. I think she's fantastic. I love the, the supporting cast of One Piece. I think they're fantastic characters. And I can't wait to meet animated Usopp. I think he's the next one. Yeah, he's the next one up on the docket. Because the episodes seem to be condensing arcs into episodes. Which is, a, that is a different, interesting way of doing it. But yes, that's the Orange Arc, Orange Island Arc. And Pluto. And that's it for Anime Weekend. I think, uh, I give both of these animes a thumbs up. I would definitely suggest you watch One Pace instead of One Piece. It's just better that way. Give Pluto a chance, because it got me immediately, if you haven't given Pluto a chance already. Um, we're gonna definitely pick up some more anime here for Anime Weekend, and these episodes are probably gonna be a little bit longer, but for now, uh, we got our One Pace, we got our Pluto, um, I'm hoping to add Demon Slayer, uh, Toilet Bound, Hanagokun, Spy Family Season 2, to the to these we will see how far that goes but this is just how money anime i end up watching in a week um i know you're like what happened to our live action one piece review on wednesday uh i have been incredibly sick my health has been really uh we will see hopefully i'll see you guys wednesday this one this time i'm not going to do a a one piece live action this wednesday Uh, i actually watched Halloween. <laughs> Halloween's over now, but I, I love Halloween. I didn't get to do my Halloween episode. So bear with me. Halloween episode Wednesday, anime weekend uh, on Friday. Thanks so much for listening.